Well, we're back. Welcome. It's uh, episode 129 of the Fendrian cast. Many moons after our uh, previous um, iterations and versions. A lot's happened in the world since then, uh, and not just in cycling. So I um, hope everyone is well, and I hope everyone has uh, fared well so far in 2021. It's still been a, a tricky and challenging uh, year. Um, but yeah, hopefully everyone is good and uh, ready to chat cycling, which um, which we are. Um, we're back in the team car, not actually left the house for God knows how long, so it feels really weird to be in the car and out and about. Um, so yeah, let's have a chat and see how uh, see how we get on. Um, it's been an interesting season so far, interesting insofar as last time we spoke, cyclocross converts were only partially dominating the world of cycling now they're you know, they're totally in charge aren't they you look at um the Amstel Gold last weekend and it was Wout Van Aert and Tom Pidcock who battled it out and uh, were separated by millimetres after uh, 100 odd k's of uh, 200 k's rather of riding um and you can also see the influence of people like Tom Muirson in uh, Alpes in Fenix lead out train, of course Matthew Van der Poel who won Strada Bianchi um, and then we've got Quentin Hermans who's leading the Intermarche team at the upcoming Giro d'Italia. So Cross is boss um, and that's not with even mentioning Gianni Vermeer who's also been part of that Alpes in lead out although um, we try not to mention him too much just based on the fact that Quen- uh, Carlton Kirby can't say his name and calls him Versmich. So let's rewind back to the start of the season. We had all of the beautiful stage races, the Provence, um, we had the one day Grand Prix Marseille, we also got into um, the early season uh, classics which we didn't think we'd get with Het Newsblad um, and Kerner, Brussels Kerner, which was uh, fantastically uh, exciting and good standard of, of racing. Um, the first real sort of monument of the year was, of course, uh, Milan San Remo, which uh, was a surprise winner of uh, Chocolatier from Leuven, uh, Jasper Stuyven, who kind of mugged them on the descent of the, uh, of the Poggio. It was a good race. Didn't expect that much drama because it wasn't, you know, that long since we'd last had the, had the event and different route and a bit flatter but it was absolutely brilliant and the, the quality of the of the of the finish of Sturvin where he kind of used Soren Craig Anderson um, who came across to him was, um, was was really good and I have to say unexpected winner yes but he's kind of sort of upscaled his um, his performances for quite a while now um, you know, he won Kerner a few years ago and he's just gradually been there or thereabouts. So a good win, obviously an Italian sponsor, which is good for him as well. And I'm sure secured him a big fat contract. Um, but yeah, great performance. Van der Poel, probably the disappointment on the day. After being quite dominant in Strada, Bianchi wasn't quite on it when the attacks went. Same for Julian Alaphilippe. And that was actually going to become a theme of the, of the classic season to date was that Alaphilippe would just be on 95% and it wouldn't quite be enough to get him over the line and win stuff. Um, which is a shame for him, um, because he looks brilliant in that World Champions jersey. Um, we then had, of course, Paris-Nice, Tirreno-Adriatico, back to their usual slots. 
as I've said before on the show actually I'm more of a Paris-Nice than a Tirreno guy I don't know why I just love the concept of them starting off in snowy, freezing cold, windy northern France and getting down to the Mediterranean and getting into the shorts and the short sleeves and the lenses change and the glasses from clear to mirrored and it's um it's almost like a metaphor for the actual kind of changing of the seasons and the coming of the of the year um which sounds a bit deep but you know that's how it, that's how it goes um again Max Shackman won again the race didn't quite get to Nice because of um a Covid curfew but at least it did you know complete the number of stages even though there was some some twists and turns again another fantastically exciting race as was Tirreno to be fair um with the shock in that one being that Wout van Aert absolutely gassed the time trial um, at the end of the at the end of the race and was close to winning overall. Matthew van der Poel, of course, produced that phenomenal sort of 50k line breakaway, which he said he'd gone as deep as he'd ever gone at any point in his career, and I think that's probably true because I think that almost kind of maybe scarred him for the rest of the of the of that main sort of bulk of those classics. When we got to uh, the big one the Tour of Flanders he didn't quite have it he got enough to get in the, the winning move and he was there with Casper Asgreen after all sorts of drama behind I think the only thing Alaphilippe didn't do was crash into a motorbike but he absolutely animated and tore the race to pieces um, trying to get back to that early season break that um, Stefan Bissiger of EF one of the men of the early season so far um, was in and, and looked dangerous from um, but when it actually came to the to the race winning attack, it was Casper Askreen who is another one who's kind of upscaled his career with a the Kerner Brussels Kerner and you know Newsblad, and he's got himself into uh, the position where he is now, um, you know, a real contender in the in the big big classics, and, and obviously delivered, executed that win perfectly. Um, and that was probably one of the, you know, him van der Poel kind of sprinting, but not quite having it for the last sort of 30, 40 metres was, again, one of the iconic images of, of the classic season. Um, Gent Wevelgem was also um, uh, another one like, you know, like that, where, you know, the, the, oh, the wind wasn't quite blowing. But again, the, the, the iconography of riding through the square in the Flanders War Museums and, and it always looks fantastic. Um, we obviously missed Paris-Roubaix because of the um, the problems in France around Paris and Lille. That's coming hopefully later in the year. So it kind of left a bit of a, a gap really. But fortunately stage races like the Tour of Valencia, um, the Tour of Catalonia have filled that void really. And apart from the not particularly good form of, uh, of, of Chris Froome, those races have, have actually provided us with... Um, with with a lot of, of good racing people coming to the fore that you wouldn't naturally think of people like Ellie Jezbert who's suddenly climbing really really well um you've got in the classics Ida Schelling of Bora who's come out of nowhere and starting to show in the lumpy classics and, and potentially got you know the ability to do week-long stage races so it's been uh, it's been a really interesting start not so much of the changing of the guard as we might have anticipated you know we were looking at Roglic um and Pogacar probably as dominant. Roglic dominated Paris-Nice up to about the last 30Ks. And I think with hindsight, he'll probably look back at the penultimate day of the race where he didn't gift the stage win to Gino Maida of Bahrain. And it was a pretty ugly situation, really. He kind of came round him when he didn't actually need to. He'd got the race won. And then, of course, when the actual um, incidents happened to him on the final day, I think 
a bit of retribution from the rest of the peloton was swift and no one really wanted to wait for him certainly a second time when he came down again and you know whilst it was a valiant defense i think he's probably well he has learned his lesson because we had the the situation um at the weekend where he was happy to let uh, david godu of fdj take a stage win um and not challenge him for uh, for you know for an overall title so maybe roglic has learned that actually no gifts way of racing isn't particularly um isn't particularly good for your long-term career benefits and you know lance armstrong did it and he was a clown so um you know good luck to roglic in his new uh, less dramatic way but he he kind of had the better of pagaccia which was really interesting to see and you know that's going to be a challenge going forward as we get towards the grand tours we've got uh, news this week that Roglic is going to skip some of the Romandies and the Dauphines and, and see how he goes from there. Um, we've started the... Oh, can we say we started our Den Week? Um, the Brabant's appeal was was excellent and, uh, of course, because Tom Pidcock won. So that's always a bonus for a Brit. Um, and the Amstel Gold Race. But, you know, we're obviously getting towards the meat of flesh and, and Liège and you just wonder whether Liège is probably a few kilometres too far for Pidcock and maybe Amstel was his... You know, it was his big chance of, of taking one of those, but you never know. Um, Flesh Wallone might suit him. Um, he's little and compact, and he might be able to get up those steep little climbs particularly well. So, fingers crossed, and um, we'll be keeping an eye on that. But, yeah, going back to the point we were go- I was going to make about the old guard and how things have um, not changed maybe in the way we'd wanted, you only have to look at the uh, presidential tour of Turkey last week where... Um, Andre Greipel and Mark Cavendish were among the stage winners um, in a field okay it wasn't like you know really deep with sprinters but you would have looked at Jasper Philipson um, coming off his, his welter stage win of last year and thought yep yeah, any sort of flat finish he's going to win um, and you know he did he won a couple but Cavendish actually on sort of straight line speed had the better of him and it was great to see the smile back it was great to see Fabio Jakobsen back and obviously playing his part in that as well and you know it was great to see Cavendish delighted for him um, getting to the as much delighted for Jakobsen getting to the finish of each stage as Cav was for winning um, for four of those stages and fair play to the great man because um, it's good to see him back and we wrote him off like many people we wrote a blog about his career when you know he was crying on sports after um, one of the midweek classics last year was it Skelder Price um, that was rearranged later in the season and, and you know, we felt that, that his time was up um, like most people did and he's proved us wrong and we love it and long may he continue to do that even if it's you know in slightly lower tier races he's still going to be a threat he's done okay in the cobble classics he's ridden so far um, and you know again long may that continue he um, he deserves uh, he deserves this uh, can we call it a swan song but he deserves this you know this this last tour around Europe showing people that he's still got it and you know that's brilliant and you never know with the Flemish World Championships you never know um, those lumpy sort of climbs and things like that he can get over and if he could he would be a factor um, in the finish so we're not ruling him out we're not ruling him in but we're not ruling him out so yeah, this week's racing is, is condensed really into the Tour of the Alps after this sort of busy period where we've had Valencia um, ongoing, um, Turkey ongoing, you know, everything's kind of been going on, 
Catalonia. Yeah, it's been busy. Um, that's let's say that let's say that it's been busy. Uh, we've, we've just got the tour of the Alps this week, which is a great race. And you know, the stage finish yesterday in Innsbruck was was particularly exciting for day one. No spoilers in case you haven't caught up with it. Um, so yeah, we're looking forward to maybe a little bit more, a little bit more social time rather than uh, GCM Plus time. Uh, and on that subject, we're delighted that GCM Plus have come good on their promise of having uh, the Amazon Fire Stick app. It's um, it's took a bit longer than we'd hoped, but it's on there now, and um, yeah, it's great to, to have another resource or another area you know, opportunity option to, to watch it rather than you know, streaming through a laptop, Chromecast, all of that kind of stuff. So good work, good work on them, and um, and thank you. Uh, so that's kind of like a whistle stop tour, bringing you up to date with uh, with where the world of uh, where the world is at and where the racing is at. Um, fingers crossed it won't be another you know one podcast a year um and if we get out and about um we again i can utilize the the time in the team car uh there's another catchphrase to uh, to get podcasts out and released and, and and recorded and yeah i know the sound quality is not the best and i know that there's no production or any of that kind of stuff but it's, it's about more about the content from from where i'm sitting and you know if that's good and if you like it then please share it and make sure that you know as many people as uh, as possible get to uh, to hear it so that's all from podcast 129 we will be back hopefully um soon take care and, uh, and enjoy the racing